and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! And welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this, the final week of September in the 2014 college and NFL football seasons. And quite a week it's been, quite a season so far. Victor, your impression so far on the college football season as we enter the last week of September with the college conference games right on deck. Well, Mark, the uh, Florida State team, number one team in the country, they barely got by that overtime game last week with, of course, their uh, quarterback sitting on the bench. A very exciting finish in that particular game. Uh, We've got, of course, the top four right now at Florida State, Oregon, Alabama, and Oklahoma. And I started doing some studying for our show last night. And one conference that I'd like to touch on a little bit is the SEC conference, if we can, specifically the SEC uh, West Division thus far. Well, the West does appear to be the best in all of college football. I don't think there's any question about that, Victor. And I was a little bit taken aback when you told me before the show that of all the teams in the SEC West, they've all been profit makers so far this year, except one team, and that being the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's kind of surprising in itself, definitely. The SEC West division has gone 24-2 and straight up on the year. They've gone 18-7-1 and against the spread. As you just mentioned, the only unprofitable team is Alabama at 1-2-1 and on the season. But uh, it's unreal. Texas A&M, 4-0 straight up, 3-1 and against the spread. Mississippi State with that big upset win over LSU last week. They got that monkey off their back, didn't they? 4-0 and straight up. 3 and 1 against the spread. Auburn is yet to lose. They're 3 and 0 and 2 and 1 ATS. Old Miss also undefeated at 3 and 0 and 3 and 0 against the spread. Even Arkansas and LSU bringing up the rear at 3 and 1 straight up and 3 and 1 ATS. Uh, it's been a killer season thus far in the non-conference games. Of course, they're going to be eating their own once we get into conference play here and they start playing each other. But they're doing it with defense and offense. The four highest scoring teams in the SEC this season all come from that West Division. A&M at 55 points per game, Arkansas at 48.8, Alabama at 42 points per game, and uh, Mississippi State at 41 points per game. One more thing I want to touch on is uh, we're going to find out in the next few weeks, Mark, if the state of Mississippi is for real. Ole Miss and MSU are both ranked. Of course, uh, Ole Miss at number 10, Mississippi State at number 14. This has not happened in the same AP poll poll since 1999. And, of course, they've never been in the top 10 at the same time. But that moment could be coming up in a couple of weeks, October 4th, and I'm sure we'll touch on this in next week's show. But October 4th does shape up as one of the biggest dates in Mississippi football history, Mark, with Alabama visiting Ole Miss and Texas A&M visiting Mississippi State. If either one of these two programs can break through and make a run at the West title, it would definitely be one of the biggest stories of the season. I think the Mississippi story is indeed arguably the biggest story in all of college football this year. As you mentioned, Victor, they're steamrolling past their opponents. And like you say, October 4th will be a big date in Mississippi football lore when they host those two giants 
in, inside the Southeast Conference play. You're talking about the Southeast Conference West Division here, Victor. Over in the East Division, you've got some powers there as well. Maybe not quite to the height and levels of the West Division, but you've got a couple of teams there that have one-loss teams. And my question to you, Victor, is we're talking about the powers of college football right now in, in looking down the road in the possible Big Four National Championship playoff picture here. But my question is, which of these one-loss teams do you think might factor in still into the playoff proposition here, poss- possibilities? I'm looking at South Carolina, Georgia over in the East Division here, and I think either of those two football teams could well come out of the SEC East to represent that division in an SEC playoff game. Absolutely. If we're talking potential one-loss teams that still have the best chance of making it to the Final Four, I would definitely include both of those two teams. And I would also throw in Michigan State as well. Uh, they kind of hit all the they hit the grand slam of what we call good loss characteristics, and that is in college football, you lose early rather than late. You lose to a good team, and they did. You lose on the road, and they did. And you lose in a fairly competitive manner. And uh, being beaten by 19 points at Oregon is not an embarrassment at all, especially after holding, what, a, a 9 or 10-point lead at some point in the second half. The, the issue for the Spartans is probably going to be, can they find enough good quality wins within their own conference in the Big Ten? Now, they do have two of the current unbeaten still on their schedule this year, which is a good thing. Nebraska, October 4th. Uh, Penn State, November 29th. Plus, of course, they'll be hosting Ohio State. They won't be playing the Buckeyes on the road. So assuming that they can win all those and advance to the Big Ten title game, yes, they have a shot to appear in the Final Four. Talking about the Big Ten, Victor, before we switch over to the National Football League side of things, inside the Big Ten Conference, you mentioned Michigan State, a possible one-loss team with their credentials to make it barge into the uh, playoff picture here. But you've also got within the Big Ten Conference the likes of Ohio State and Wisconsin, each also one-loss teams, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if any one of these three teams run the table, they'll have to knock each other off along right. the way, but if they do run the table and then end up being a one-loss team, win that Big Ten championship playoff game, they could also barge into the playoff picture with one loss coming out of the Big Ten as well. Do you agree? I would definitely agree with that, both the Buckeyes and also, uh, you know, hats off to Nebraska and Penn State with that fantastic defense uh, at being undefeated so far this season. Now, that's the non-conference schedule. That's the cupcake schedule. We'll see what happens when it gets into conference play. Victor, one quick note here before we, go, like I say, go on to the National Football League side of things. I was observing turnovers and what they've met in the world of college football to begin the season. And looking at the net overall giveaway takeaways and turnovers thus far this football season, it's no surprise that not one team that's in the top 13 in net turnovers owns a losing record. And on the bottom side of the bottom 15 teams in college football, only one team indeed owns a winning record. So turnovers are critical, mm-hmm. obviously, to the success of football teams. But I'm going to throw this one at you, and you might not guess this answer, but it'll be a surprise. Which team in college football do you think leads the nation in net turnovers lost this season? Interesting you bring up this subject, because I was studying it last night, and I think I do have the answer. And to me, it's one of the biggest busts of the season thus far. Would I be right in the Michigan Wolverines, Mark? 
You'd be absolutely right in the Michigan <laughs> Wolverines. And that's exactly why they're struggling in the way they right. are. They're dead, dead last in turnovers here. And I'm sure it's what's keeping Brady Hoke up at night this football season. But I'm going to say this in their defense. And we point this out in our midweek alert football newsletter this week, of which, by the way, went 6-1 and one in its first week last football season here. And we itemized the fact that Michigan, this football season, when you compare all teams in like-to-like or apples-to-apples football games, teams that have been FBS against FBS games, throwing out all the non-lined or the FCS opponents, the Michigan Wolverines own the nation's third-ranked best defense in college football this football season here. So there's Michigan with a staunch defense, ranking dead last in turnovers. You don't need uh, an inspector, Clouseau, to figure out what's gone wrong with the Michigan Wolverine program this year. That's a, a definitely true, Mark. Now, uh, they're minus 10 thus far. That averages out to a potential minus 30 in a season <laughs> in turnover ratio. Nobody in, in, in the FBS over the last six years has even come close to that. The worst, uh, the worst in that time period was Washington State with a minus 25 back in 2008. Well, if, if they've reached that minus 25 or 30 level here, we can say goodbye to Brady Hoke. You can mark uh-huh. that down. That would be a virtual lock. Victor, let's take it over to the National Football League side of things here before we go to break here. In the NFL right now, we've got three teams that have opened up the season a perfect 3-0 and to begin the year. You know, those being two teams that will be off this particular weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles playing this week as well. But we talked last week about teams who started out 0-2 and the likelihood of them not making the playoffs, just an 11.6% chance of doing that. Of the three teams that opened up 0-2, that made the playoffs the previous season. All three bounced back in winning fashion last week, those being Indianapolis, Kansas City, and New Orleans, who they now put a dent into that 11.6 probability factor here in the playoffs. Any surprises to you, Victor, thus far after three weeks of the National Football League season to date? Heck, I would think the biggest underachiever thus far would be the team that has uh, the most pressure on them this weekend. How about the San Francisco 49ers? One and two to, st- to start off with. Big home game against the Philadelphia Eagles coming up. I'm a little surprised as well that the Green Bay Packers have started the season one and two as well. Now, given their first game was against Seattle, but they did have a very winnable road game last week in which they absolutely stunk up the joint against the uh, Detroit Lions. And uh, we'll be talking uh, about them a little bit later in our segment in, uh, in their game with the Bears coming up this weekend. Yeah, a couple of disappointing teams. As you mentioned, San Francisco, my goodness, you take a look at this team. Not only are they shooting themselves in the foot with penalties, but unbelievably, they've scored only three points in the second half of their football games this season. Only one field goal against Arizona accounts for the entire contribution of second-half points for San Francisco. You know they're going to have to turn that thing around real quick when the Eagles from Philadelphia invade this week. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week, a dandy inside the Southeast Conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Don't get fooled by a shady handicapper that claims he wins 80% of the time. Get a documented handicapper. Sportswatch Monitor is your home for documented sports picks you can trust. Our collection of handicappers is the finest in the industry, and you can have the confidence every monitored selection has been documented and verified. 
The SportsWatch Monitor is a non-biased handicapper monitoring service for all major sports. So uncover that shady handicapper by looking first on the SportsWatch. If he isn't there, he probably isn't straight up with you. Go with a reputable handicapper to assist you in building your bankroll. Go to sportswatchmonitor.com and review our top five for football and start winning. Okay, guys, welcome back once again. This is Mark Lawrence. We're going against the spread with Victor King on this week's college and pro football cards. And it's time for our college football game of the week. On Saturday, we go inside the Southeast Conference when the South Carolina Gamecocks play host to the Missouri Tigers. Victor, your take on this big Southeast Conference battle on Saturday. Interesting game. Of course, we were talking a little earlier about the SEC West. This is, of course, the East, and it should be a great game. Uh, pitting two teams that have suffered arguably the biggest upset losses of the season thus far. South Carolina in their first game of the season at home against Texas A&M as a double-digit favorite, I might add. And how about Missouri last week? They were laying, what, 14 to 15 points at home against Indiana, losing outright. At least the Big Ten gained a little bit of respectability with that huge upset win by the Hoosiers on the road against Missouri in that particular game. Of course, Missouri, this is their third year in the SEC Conference, and their previous two meetings against South Carolina since joining the SEC have both gone under the total. The over underline currently set uh, at a little bit of a high number, 63 points in the Tigers versus Gamecocks game. The average line in the previous two meetings was 51, average score 46, so the average game went under by five points in those two meetings. On the season, Missouri comes in two and two over under. They did go over the total in their first two games. They went under in each of their last two games. Average line, 59.9. Average score, 58.8 for Missouri. Uh, South Carolina comes in at three and one over under on the season. This is a little bit surprising. I'm sure you'll touch on this. This is a different South Carolina team than we've seen in the past, Mark. Uh, defense, uh, they're not too, playing too much of it this season, that is for sure. Again, as I mentioned, 3-1 and one over under for the Gamecocks this year. But look at the uh, margins in those three games that did go over. Last week in their game against Vanderbilt, it went over the total by 30 points. They went over the total by 14 points in their win against Georgia. And they went over the total by 19 points in that, in that opening loss against Texas A&M. Average line in South Carolina games, 59.3. Average score, 72.8. So their average game has gone over by two touchdowns, a full 13.5 points per game. We also note that both teams did go over the total in their bowl game last season, Missouri against Oklahoma State and South Carolina uh, in their game against Wisconsin. I like the over in this game, Mark, and I'm going to grab a piece of it before the line goes up a little bit more. you got to like the over when you got two offenses averaging over 430 yards per game and two defenses. We're almost at two 400-yard defenses as well. Uh, Missouri allowing 391 yards per game, 241 in the air. They are the number 73 defense on the season. And South Carolina is even worse. They've given up 480 yards per game. They're ranked number 114 in defense. And that's out of 128 total schools. They've allowed 311 through the air. I do like the over in this game. We know Missouri is a better road over team. They've gone 8-1 and one to the over in their last nine road games. 
They've gone 8-3 and three in their last 11 to the over against winning teams. Uh, South Carolina, they're trending over in conference play as of late. The Gamecocks 11-4 and four over under their last 15 conference games. So we're going to take a bite at the current line of 63, Mark. And if you want to join us, I would advise getting it in. As I do see the line going up uh, maybe two or three points by Saturday, Missouri-South Carolina over the total. Victor goes over the total in the SEC East Division showdown game Saturday between South Carolina and Missouri, looking for a well-lit scoreboard in that football game. In the contest, Missouri enters the game off a disappointing loss. They lost as 14-point favorites against Indiana last week, and the reason I mention that is when you lose games by that margin as a favorite of that degree, minus 14 or more, it signals one thing, that things are not right with that football program. Not everything is right. There's something amiss, and that may be the case with the Missouri Tigers as they enter into this football game. We also note that from our database that underdogs of less than seven points in Game 5 of the season, the role Missouri will be in this Saturday, coming off their first loss of the season, are just 7-18 and 18 to the spread, so they oftentimes leave that loss on the field when they enter into Game 5 of the football season. We also know coming into this contest, Missouri themselves has really struggled on the road when they've been tripped up as a favorite the week before, going just 2-13 and 13 to the spread in this bounce-back role for the Missouri Tigers. On the flip side, South Carolina in Columbia, South Carolina, hosting Missouri from Columbia, Missouri, a battle of the Columbias, if you will, in this contest here. South Carolina got off to that rough start when they hosted Texas A&M in the season opener when they were roasted here on their home football playing field. But, you know, they still have a good chance to distance themselves in the SEC East Division by winning out and winning this football game becomes priority one for Steve Spurrier in that effect. Gamecocks 5-1 and one to the spread when they're conference home favorites of 10 or less points. Steve Spurrier himself, when he's been a conference favorite of less than 15 points playing off back-to-back wins, he's gone 20-11 and 11 to the spread. What I like in this football game here, however, is taking a look at what South Carolina's done in division games in the Southeast Conference. In opponents out of the SEC East Division, South Carolina has gone 19-3 and straight up their last 22 games and included inside that is a 6-0 and record when they're off a spread loss of more than eight points. With that, I'll stay at home with Steve Spurrier and South Carolina as I make them my side in this big college football showdown game on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. We're going to shift things over to our National Football League Game of the Week when we come back with more. That and a visit to Las Vegas, checking in with Dave Tooley. We'll be back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. This football season, go where the wise guys go for all their winning information. Playbook.com website. If accurate, exclusive winning information is important to you, it's important you make Playbook.com your one-stop source for all your football information this season. Whether it's downloading a weekly copy of the Playbook Football Newsletter, selecting guaranteed best bets or free picks from the world-famous Playbook Experts Handicappers, or checking lines and scores, Playbook.com has it all. And make it your inside source this football season for exclusive information not found anywhere on the web. Get every edge imaginable at Playbook.com, where winners go for winners. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this weekend's college and pro football cards. It's time for our National Football League Game of the Week 
on Sunday, and we've got a dandy inside the NFC North Division, the black and blue division, if you will, when the Chicago Bears play host to the Green Bay Packers. Victor, a lot of history in this series. Your take on the over-under in the Bears-Packers showdown this Sunday. Certainly is a lot of history, and the under is ruled. It's been a very uh, surprisingly low-scoring series when these two teams take on each other. 2-10 and over-under is the record in the last 12 meetings between the Bears and the Packers. Uh, with that said, the over-under line opened at 49.5 when I checked it this morning on Wednesday when we record the show. It had gone up a full point to 50.5. Uh, as I mentioned, two and ten over under last twelve meetings, including one and six over under in the last seven played in Chicago. Average line forty five point four, average score thirty nine point six. So the average uh, Bear Packer game has gone under by about six points. And uh, we touched on Green Bay at the uh, top of the show. Uh, there's a little bit of panic in the Cheesehead country, I would think, right now. Of course, Aaron Rodgers has said. Uh, relax, folks. We'll be okay. Uh, now, Mark, we were on the Packers-Lions game over the total on Sunday, like many, many other people were. We thought it had the ideal shootout potential. So I'm still a little bit uh, shocked by the final score of that game, 19-7. to And Green Bay was held to only 223 total yards. Quite surprising. Uh, this game does also... Give us some shootout potential, that's for sure. Both teams come in 2-1 and one over under on the season. Uh, let's not forget the Bears, and uh, we did use the Bears-Jets game on Monday night as a uh, over-winner with our King Creole service. We sent it out to all Total's tip sheet clients absolutely free as well. Uh, don't forget the Bears tied as the best over team in the NFL last season going 12-4 uh, and four to the over. Uh, both of these teams do tend to trend over in the first month of the NFL season. Both the Bears and the Packers now have gone 6-1 and one to the over in their last seven games in September. Chicago, 16-5 and five in their last 21 games. That's 16 overs, 5 unders. They've gone 7-1 and one to the over in game four. They've gone 12-3 and three to the over when playing off a Monday night game. And speaking of Monday night games, on the flip side, the Packers have gone a perfect 10-0 to the over versus any opponent playing off a Monday game. They trend over, too, in those days after a primetime Monday night appearance. The Packers have gone 7-1 and to the over when playing on the road after scoring 10 or less points. They've also gone 6-1 and to the over in their fourth game of the season as well. Now, in that Monday night game, Mark, you know, the Chicago defense, and it's not a good defense, folks. They allowed Geno Smith to throw for 300 yards. I would think that uh, this is the perfect Aaron Rodgers rebound opportunity. If Geno can throw for 300 against the Bears, I think the sky's the limit for uh, Aaron and company and his Green Bay teammates. Two quick little systems that uh, support our call on over the total in this particular game. Of course, I mentioned Chicago beat the Jets 27-19 on Monday night. NFL home favorites of less than a touchdown off a Monday road over like the Bears. 9-1 and one over under. That's 90% overs over the last five seasons. And of course, uh, Green Bay we know that they were held to only seven points last week after scoring 31 at home against the Jets in the week prior to that. Another nice little system that's gone 10-2 and two to the over. And it's basically teams in the first three months of the season, game 12 or less, road teams after scoring seven points last week and 31 points or more the week prior to that. They've gone 10-2 and two to the over. 
Yeah, guys, I like the over in this game, Packers and the Bears over the total. You're going to want to get this one in early as well, Mark. Remember, we like our overs. We play them as early in the week as possible. This line could very easily go up to 53 or 54. It's currently at a manageable 50 and a half. 51 is a key number. 53 is a key number. 54 is a key number. If you like the over, I advise you to play it as soon as possible before it hits 51 or more. Victor King goes over the total, especially as it sets at 50 and a half as we do the show on Wednesday in the Bears-Packers showdown game on Sunday. And it is a huge football game for the Green Bay Packers, maybe more so than the Chicago Bears. Green Bay coming in, as you mentioned, Victor, just one and two in the football season, tied for last place, if you will, in the NFC North division with the Minnesota Vikings. This is not what Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy had in mind at the beginning of the football season because they came back as a healthy football team looking to make amends for just winning eight games last football season, and they struggled offensively out of the gate. Looking at the history book here, Green Bay comes in 6-0 to the spread when they've got single division revenge in their last six games. They were taken out in their last meeting against the Bears last football season. Aaron Rodgers himself, how about 9-1 and one straight up into the spread in his NFL career when he's playing off a straight-up favorite loss and playing in a division game off that straight-up favorite loss. The Packers were held to just seven points last week, and I looked at the Aaron Rodgers quarterback database that we've got inside of our database at playbook.com. We find Aaron Rodgers in his career, has been held to 10 or less points only three times. And in the follow-up games, he's bounced back and won and covered all three of the next football games. You don't hold him down all that long. The Chicago Bears come in off another dramatic victory last week. In fact, they've won back-to-back games, have the Bears. We point this out in our midweek alert football newsletter, our statistical newsletter. The Bears coming in here off back-to-back wins in which they've been outgained or outyarded by over 100 yards in both of those football victories, that's really called winning games with smoke and mirrors. Chicago 1-7 and to the spread when they have revenge off back-to-back road games. How about just 1-11 to the spread when they come off a non-conference game before? History-wise, it's been all visiting team in this series here when Green Bay invades. Chicago Bears just 4-12 and straight up, 3-13 and to the spread as a host against the Packers here. And as I mentioned, the midweek alert newsletter here talking about the Chicago Bears going inside out in their last two football games. You've got Jay Cutler, who's been horrible at home in football games when he's played off back-to-back wins against an opponent off a loss. How about just 1-11 to the spread in this particular role in division games? You put it all together, this looks like Green Bay Packers in a neat situation. I think they roll over the Chicago Bears on Sunday from my side in this football game. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas now, checking with our good friend Dave Tooley from viewfromvegas.com to find out what's going on in Vegas this final week of September. Dave, how's everything going for you and all your family in Las Vegas these days? Uh, last weekend was was wonderful uh, betting-wise. We uh, uh, A lot of uh, a lot of the games, a lot of the popular plays, both from uh, squares and sharps alike, uh, came in this past weekend. So uh, I was able to put a together a four and one with my super contest plays came out ahead uh, overall overall plays were five and three so is a uh, yeah, very very good week here as we're uh, hopefully hitting our stride here on the season we're visiting with dave tooley from viewfromvegas.com dave also an author on the espn.com insider website you can follow his column tuesdays with tooley when you visit dave at espn.com 
that column is very, very popular. Column gets a lot of a lot of views, if you will. And congratulations, Dave, on a great job there that way. I want to ask you this question, Dave. I know your pulse in Las Vegas, being what it is with the Superbook contest here, over fourteen hundred entries in the contest. Is there anybody that still remains unscathed, or did uh, some of those people that were those four handful of four guys finally take their first loss last week? Uh, yeah, there there was four undefeated people going into last week. And and during the course of the day, only one uh, on Sunday stayed undefeated. Uh, that was the uh, the alias Henry Gondorf, uh, which I wrote about in the Tuesdays with Tuli column. Boy, we're really plugging that one, aren't we? <laughs> uh, no, uh, that uh, that's actually uh, Todd Furman of uh, Sox, Fox Sports One, and uh, formerly uh-huh. uh, uh, formerly of Don Best Sports, and uh, formerly also of uh, Caesar's Palace, uh, working the sports book there. So, uh, yeah, he was uh, fourteen and zero after the Sunday games. He had a few uh, close calls. Uh, he needed the Redskins to get in the back door, and then he had the Seahawks. The contest line was minus five, so the that was looking really good most of the game, but then if you remember, the Broncos got the safety and then a touchdown to make it 17-12, and uh, he was sitting on a push there, and I actually ran into him at the Westgate <laughs> uh, at that time, and and he and he said that uh, he would have been very he would have been content to take a push there, but then you know, as we all saw, the uh, Seahawks went up 20, 20 to. Yeah, twenty to twelve. Uh, Broncos came back, tied it, forced overtime. You know, if, if they had missed that uh, two-point conversion, he would have lost his play. <laughs> if it would have been a twenty eighteen final, and so yeah, any field goal in overtime wasn't good for him either. And he got the Seahawks touchdown. So that's that's how it's been going for him so far this season. Uh, he covered the five-point spread with a six-point win there, and so he was fourteen and zero. But he had the Jets on Monday night. So yeah, no more undefeated uh, contestants. But uh, Henry Gondorf is. Uh, tied with Alcatraz Holdings uh, for first place at 14 and one, and then you have 11 people at 13 and two, and then it uh, bunches up after there. So yeah, lo- long way to go, but uh, yeah, exciting start uh, so far in the contest. I, next time I talk with Todd, I'm going to ask to ask him where he come up with the alias Henry Gondorf. Did he give you any oh. clues? About oh, that I date? got that. That's that's from the Sting. Uh, do you know what the... Oh, okay. There we yeah. go. That's the Paul Newman character from the Sting. Right. <laughs> there we go. Now, did you, did you know that before you read my column? <laughs> Absolutely, sure yeah. did. Any, any. Yeah. That's a great gambling movie. It's uh, uh, one of our favorites, definitely. Cool. Well, we'll keep an eye on Todd Furman, Henry Gondorf, if you will, in the contest <laughs> to see if the moves continue to go his way throughout the football season this year in the NFL Superbook contest. Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Dave with regard to the National Football League as well. I just want to get Dave's reaction. You know, right around 5 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, I started getting all these massive tweets. Oh, it's a bloodbath for the books on Sunday. The favorites kicked big time butt. I think they went 8-3 and three ATS in the early games and the Thursday games. I would imagine, though, that they probably got a lot of it back, if not all of it, with those late afternoon kickoffs and the night games going 4-1 and one ATS uh, for the underdogs. And, in fact, four outright underdog wins. So not quite the bloodbath that the, they 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 said was going on there at that time. Is that right, Dave? Or? Uh, exactly. Yeah, you summed it up uh, pretty perfect there. Yeah, the early games uh, definitely very chalky, and mm-hmm. the, the, book, the books were losing individual games, and they were losing you know a lot of parlays and teasers. You know, also tied to later games. But yeah, like you said, the the late afternoon games. There was three of them. Uh, yeah, from then on. 
Uh, four of the five dogs are not only covered, but one outright. Yeah, that Seahawks uh, <laughs> fortunately covering overtime uh, for, yeah. the, for the favorite betters was the only favorite that came in from that point on. Uh, so, yeah, the, 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 that definitely saved the books from an even worse weekend. Uh, although the Monday night game was, you know, there's a lot of uh, m- money on Monday uh, on the Bears driving that line down, too. So uh, the dog winning that one wasn't as good for the books as it normally would be. But uh, after, after after the first two weeks, yeah, the general consensus was the books was, uh, yeah, we lost, we lost uh, today. But considering how much we won the first two weeks, uh, you know, this is bound to happen. Dave, I think the the expression out there is the in regards to the Bears Jets game, the only thing worse than a public favorite is a public underdog, and that was the Bears on Monday, right? <laughs> uh, well, but this time the public underdog came through, and yeah, that yeah. is one thing that uh, gave me you know a little uh, indigestion <laughs> as the game was <laughs> was coming up. It was you know so many so many squares, if you will, were, right. were on the game as well, and they uh, usually uh, that. Uh, isn't the side I want to be on. Usually, I want to be on the you know the the dog that's you know getting value late, that's getting pounded by the public the wrong way, and uh, pick up extra points along the way. So, uh, but you know, like I said before, you know, I mean, the squares win games too, and yep. and and this and this week they won a lot of them, and they won a lot of them that you know the sharps were also on the same side. So, uh, it's uh, every yeah every, every game you, you you make your decisions and you know. Just because I see the public's on with me, uh, usually by that, that time my bets are already in, and <laughs> so you just let it play it play out. And luckily, yep. that that one worked out. Dave, I wonder what the public would have done had they known in advance, had the foresight to know that their popular underdog play, the Chicago Bears, was going to be outstated by 157 yards ah. in that football game. Obviously, all all these games, we try to break them down uh, as best as we can. But uh, yeah, that uh, that early pick six uh, kind of set the tone in that game, and uh, yeah, like you said, yeah, sometimes uh, yeah, the ebbs and flows of the games, uh, you know, kind of dictate uh, you know how those stats end up going, and yeah, you got to take all that into account in your handicapping. Hey, Dave, before I get to your uh, NFL complimentary play this week, uh, any word on the consensus plays in the uh, LVH Superbook contest this year? I know last year they really, really struggled for out the first three-fourths of the football season before coming back moderately in the end here. How have the consensus plays fared early on this first month of the season to date? They were uh, you know, middling around 50% of the first two weeks. But again, last, last week was uh, a very successful you know, not only for for betters against the books, but also super contestants. Uh, so yeah, the top five consensus actually went five and zero last week. Now the fifth play was a tie actually between the Cowboys and the Bills, um, but there was uh, fewer people that opposed uh, the Cowboys with the Rams. And so I, I, I call that the fifth top consensus play. So so the the Bills did lose. So you know you can say five and one out of the top six plays. But overall. Uh, of the 16 games, uh, the, the consensus won 11 of those. And overall, all picks of all super contestants uh, were 4,196 wins, <laughs> 2,789 losses for 60.1%. So, yeah, the whole field, uh, 1,403 uh, record contestants, and they hit, they hit a combined 60% on all plays. Pretty good week, I'd say, obviously, for all the contestants last week. And maybe a trend uh, beginning to reverse itself with the consensus plays. We'll have to keep an eye on that after the good week they had last week. Dave, on the National Football League side of things this week, your complimentary play on the card this week for our listeners out there, if you will. 
Okay, I know there's a lot of trends uh, that I've seen on the other side, and including in the the playbook newsletter. But uh, I, I like the the Eagles as a four and a half point underdog at the San Francisco 49ers. Um, now you know we've we've seen you know the Eagles fall behind each and every week, and they've uh, stormed back each time. Um, I'm I'm guessing that you know eventually they're going to put together a full a full complete game, and but this is this is just as much of a, a bet against the 49ers. You know we, we've seen that their offense hasn't been as powerful as everyone was expecting it to be, and uh, the same the same with the defense. I I think uh, the Eagles are a quality team, and I think is a you know, road dog here. They can go in and get the victory. Dave Tooley on the Philadelphia Eagles plus the points against San Francisco, looking if not for the Niners' woes to continue, at least the Eagles' winning run to continue. He takes the points with Philadelphia for his complimentary play on the show this week. Dave, I look forward to visiting with you next week. I'll also look forward to visiting with you online at ESPN for Tuesdays with Tooley. To check out that column next Tuesday, we'll do that. Look forward to having a good week with you. Best of luck to you this weekend. All right, great. Thanks. Good luck, everybody. That was Dave Tooley joining us from View from Vegas.com, also ESPN.com columnist. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to close things out with our awesome angle of the week, and we'll also share with you our top complimentary plays when we come back for the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Imagine getting up to $900 in free plays bonuses on every qualified deposit. Use your Visa, MasterCard, or even American Express. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side failed to score? Use your shutout bailout card and get your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side given up by halftime? Use your halftime surrender card, get half of your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. And remember, you get bonus on every deposit. That's the lifetime bonus guarantee. Only from Bet Online because you can. Terms and conditions apply. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football show this week in college football. We call our awesome angle this week Ugly Betting. And what we're looking to do is to play on any losing college football conference home dog that's playing with rest and revenge off a win. And simply put, these ugly Betty home dogs get up for these football games, especially with the confidence of coming off a win and play with an extra week of rest. They're 30 and 10 against the spread in this role since 1980. Our 75% winning proposition awesome angle this week would be a play on Iowa State. When they play host to Baylor, we have to get the clothes pin out to play the Iowa Cyclones. When they play host to Baylor in our awesome angle play of the week this week. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports with his complimentary play on the football show this week. Victor, if you'd pass that along to our listeners, along with what you've got on tap at King Creole Sports this week, I'm sure our listeners would like to know. We've got a big one in college football. Our four-star over of the month in college football is going in Saturday action, Mark. We'll have it up on the playbook.com website by Thursday evening. Now, earlier we mentioned that, yeah, we like the over in the Packers-Bears game, and we like the over, of course, in that college game that we discussed, uh, Missouri against South Carolina. So to balance things out, we got to throw an under in there as well, and we definitely will. And it's going to be under in the Monday night game between the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, in this week's totals tip sheet, Mark, I, I, I kind of debuted a little column last week that I call oddities from last week. And the lead story in our little oddities column is every single point 
that was scored in last week's Raiders Patriots game was by an Owski. Sebastian <laughs> Janet Sebastian Janikowski of the uh, Raiders scored the three field goals. Rob Gronkowski for the Patriots scored the only TD for New England. And Gostowski hit three field goals for the Patriots. My question was, was it <laughs> Polish Day at Gillette Stadium or what? That's what I call an oddity. Now, this once mighty New England offense has only five total touchdowns in three games this season, including none in the second halves of any games. You touched on the fact earlier about the difficulties that San Francisco has had in the second half of their games. You can make the same case for AFC counterparts, the New England Patriots, and that is for sure. And now that he's off my fantasy team, what has happened to Tom Brady here? The main man of the Patriots is now ranked number 23 in quarterback ratings for the season off three straight subpar outings in a row. Uh, He's got a putrid offensive line. His very low yards per attempt average of only 5.4 is ranked number 30 in the league. I'm not talking about completed throws. I'm talking about his attempted passes are only averaging 5.4. Everything is underneath. Everything is to uh, Gronkowski, but within the 10-yard range. He's not throwing the deep ball anymore. And as I mentioned, the, the offensive line is really giving the Patriots problem as well. And then, like I touched on a little bit earlier, they've got to have a second-half touchdown this season. A Monday night matchup against the number 25 quarterback, Alex Smith, Heck, this all adds up to a low-scoring outcome, and I'm all in in this game. Not to mention the fact that this Chiefs-Patriots series has gone a perfect 0-4 over-under in the last four meetings with an average of only 38.0 points per game. That's about seven points less than the over-under line for this week's game. One thing you do got to give the Patriots a little bit of credit for is a very solid defense thus far. They've allowed only 13 total points in their last two games. From our database, game 11 or less, road favorites of less than a touchdown who allowed less than 10 points in each of their last two games, one and nine over under. That's 90% under the total, and this dates back all the way to the 2005 season. We also note that the Chiefs are off that shocking road win down here in South Florida over the Dolphins, in which Miami is still reeling from. But underdogs of less than seven off a road dog win that went over the total, like that Chiefs-Dolphins game did, have gone 5-17 and 17 over under in the last four years. And uh, we also note that Monday night home teams playing off an underdog win, like the Chiefs, have gone 1-9 and nine over under when the OU line is less than 51 points. Folks, the good old days of those automatic Patriot overs are kaput. No shootout in this one. Under the total, Patriots-Chiefs Monday night. The man knows his totals. He really likes this game under the total, the Monday night football game between Kansas City and New England, comparing Tom Brady to Derek Jeter, if you will. It looks to be he's like in the twilight of his career as well as Derek Jeter is as well with his inefficiencies thus we've seen thus far this football season. Moving on to my complimentary play on the football card this week. And before I get to that, I want to thank all of our listeners out there who joined me last week for my NFL Game of the Month release when we used the Pittsburgh Steelers plus the three points against Carolina. We won that game convincingly. We move on now to our five-star college football Game of the Month kicking off this Saturday 
Remember, we're documented 62 and 28 since 1990 on our five-star college football game of the year releases. You can pick this game up part of another $99 football weekend of winners when you call me toll-free to get on board at 1-800-321-7777 or log on to the website. Join me now for the five-star college football game of the month at playbook.com. My complimentary call on the college football card this week. We're going to use another ugly Betty home dog, if you will, in the world of college football. When we play Massachusetts, plus the points against Bowling Green in a Mid-American Conference matchup on Saturday. And not so much an ugly Betty on Massachusetts, but an ugly play against Bowling Green, who just happens to be the worst defense in all of college football this year. The Falcons, since Dino Babers has become their new head coach this year, are allowing 679 yards a game this football season. Yet they find themselves going out as a conference road favorite this week against a Massachusetts football team that's allowing 445 yards a game, all against FBS opponents, I might add. You have to do the math. You can add up quickly. This is a 234-yard disparity in favor of UMass, the home dog, in this football game. And you can attribute a lot of that to their new head coach, Mark Whipple, who has got this program back what appears to be on the right track. UMass hasn't won a football game this year, but they've been very, very competitive and very, very much improved over additions in the past. With that, I'll take the points with the Minutemen. We'll make Massachusetts our complimentary play on the football show this Saturday. For Victor King from King Creole Sports, Dave Tooley from ViewFromVegas.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you once again to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.